0: netcasts you love
1: from people you trust
0: this is Twitch. bandwidth for ham nation is provided by cashfly at c-a-c-h-e-f-l-y.com
2: This is Ham Nation, episode number eight, recorded July 12th, 2011. A world-class amateur radio station. Hello, world. This is K9EID, Bob Heil. And I say world because we're being retransmitted on repeaters down in Tasmania tonight. And we're being transmitted over in Europe. And I understand that there's people in South America... Uh, and south africa it's amazing the number of emails and even phone calls that i'm getting and so we really appreciate everybody around the globe here on the twit work network tonight and uh, i guess to some of you it might be afternoon but you know it's uh (laughs) it's like the old margarita guy says it's uh 5 o'clock somewhere. Well, it's 8 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so Here we are to have some really good time. So call your neighbors, call your mother and your father, everybody you know, and especially Hams, because this is going to be the most exciting show we've done so far. Trust me on this. We've got a lot of things going on. But first of all, let's bring Gordo in. Gordo, how's uh, how's it happening in good old Costa Mesa?
3: Pink. Whoa, look at him. And uh, we just hung up with King Henry VI, Field Mac Echo, 80. Paul was coming through via tropoducting last week and through a little bit today, and what a day on the airways! Good to see all of you.
2: Well, we're happy to uh, to have everybody here tonight. Uh, we also have a a, a special guest. Um, I think he's from his backyard, but I think he has his clothes on tonight. Uh, <laughs> no. Mr. Laporte, are you here to report in?
0: Uh, yes, I am, K9EID Bob Heil. I don't have any call letters yet to to respond back with.
2: Well, that's I'm okay. Sad. It won't be very long, and you're going to have those. I, I I talked today to um, uh, Roger. Roger owns a store in Hamilton, Ohio, R&L Electronics. And he said, you want to tell Leo that I got my license when he was nine, Nine years old. And it took him until he was 10 years old to get the license. Back in those days, they had to mail it to you. And uh, that's not the case anymore, uh, Gordo. You get it almost immediately, isn't it?
3: That's right. As soon as you pass that yes, they electronically send for your call sign. Sometimes we can get it in two or three days, not much longer than that. Certainly better than that long, month-long wait many years ago. Oh, back that's when they great. used the
0: pony express yeah well i'm well, studying now i wanted to make an announcement this week on the show bob i i want to take the test i'm ready you're ready wow well, i think good. in a week can we do it in a, next tuesday
2: we can do it whatever you need i'm going to i'm going to step out of here and uh, i'd like to have another channel go talk to uh, jerry about her sdr receiver we're going to bring her back <laughs> <laughs> uh, gordo why don't you uh, get on here and uh, it's uh, radio school time for the Leo and the Gordo.
0: You know, I found—I have to say—I was wandering around and I found this really old, old book. It was covered with dust, and it's so good. And I—I I just find this so useful. This—what uh, is this from? Nineteen? Look at—look at Bob Heil on this on this book here. He's got—I'll tell you how long ago it is. His hair is brown.
2: Oh Wow. No, my hair is just long.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Bob, I just want to say, I'm loving this book. This is a great book in conjunction, of course, with all of Gordo's materials that he sent me. I've been listening every day I get in the car, and I listen to the the CDs. In fact, hearing Gordo's voice is kind of funny because I've been listening to you, Gordo, every day for the last two weeks. And I got the book, and I am really – I feel like I am ready. But, Gordo, I want to ask you a question. I'm listening. So I feel pretty good about the Technician. I, I think I'm going to be able to ace that. But I was wondering, should I, at the same time as I take the technician, maybe take the general, too? What, what do you think? Thanks.
3: I think you should because um, if you don't pass it, I'm pretty sure you will. But if you don't pass it, it's not like it hangs over you. Uh, there's no record of it. And uh, you'll end up with your technician class license. And you'll know what the general class is all about because you gave it a try. So, heck,
0: yeah. Give it all a right. try. I'm ready. I ordered Gordon. I ordered your. Oh, I was really ambitious here. Not only did I order your Gordon, your uh, your general materials, including the software, but I also ordered your extra materials.
3: Oh well, it's already on its way, even before you <laughs> ordered it. So <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, just jump right in there, and you I'm should be ready. able to speed through and uh, give it a try to lose.
0: I am so excited. So I'm hoping with any luck, I'll pass next week. I'll have those calls in just a few days. And by the time we open the studio, uh, well, July 24th, a week from Sunday, we're opening, but we're having the big party August 21st. And we're hoping to make that a ham weekend, that whole weekend, let hams come, uh, and use the gear, the, and, and broadcast from, uh, from our, in fact, I think you, I think you were talking, Gordo, about getting some event call sign for that.
3: Well, we may end up with a very special call sign, including yours, Leo. And we've got all of the ham community in the Bay Area watching and listening tonight. And they're all on over and have one heck of a great party. Watch that ICOM gear go up, big antennas that they're bringing for you to try out. And what the heck, it's going to be a fun weekend for all the hams around, including you.
0: No, I'm very excited now. What kind of antenna are we going to put up uh, uh, there outside? I mean, uh, I, I know because uh, once I get my technician, I I can use the the two meter and the, and I think I can do some ten meter and uh, but I, what kind are we going to put an antenna? Are we going to put a high frequency antenna up too?
3: Oh, absolutely. The high frequency antenna will allow sky waves, and that's one of our subjects tonight to bounce signals off the ionosphere, Leo, and come back down. Thousand. And here's your band chart uh, for a technician. Uh, several HF channels of which 10 meters will be a hot one and then uh, going for general class, you get all of the bands not full privileges throughout the band, but you get a taste of each band and we'll have probably a 10, 15, 20 and maybe a 40 meter type of beam antenna and oh for 75 meters and 160 meters, we'll have a long wire that will run all over your area. <laughs>
0: Oh dear, I'm a little nervous. The neighbors aren't going to like that all too much. Uh, no, what about we, we always
3: we we put the antennas up in the middle of the night, so the next morning, <laughs> Leo, when they go, what is that? We go, I don't know. It was there when I got the property years ago.
0: <laughs> and, and how about that six meter band? Because I hear that's a pretty pretty good band too.
3: Six meters is exciting. In fact, this past weekend we were talking to the East Coast double hop, no problem, like you and I are talking. Wow and uh yeah we'll have a little 6 meter beam probably a 3 element uh all of the icon and have six on them so you'll be able to hear yourself uh and uh talk all over the country on six
0: wow this is really exciting it's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait uh now are you want to test me do you want to, i mean i i i have to tell you i'm not fully ready but i'm i'm willing to do whatever you need to do gordon to get me in shape here
3: all right. Well, you know, today is propagation and uh, the velocity of radio space in the it's speed of speed
0: of it's 300,000 meters per
3: second, 300 million meters per Okay, a few zeros don't make a oh, difference. Oh, I missed it. Abs- uh,
0: 300,000 kilometers a second. Sorry. <laughs> okay. But that 300
3: is important because when you go from meters to megahertz and megahertz right. to meters, you divide it into 300. All right, here is your second question. 10 meters, is that and to during the day or at the 10 meters?
0: You're breaking so- up, Gordon. I, 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 could you say it again because I missed that.
3: Okay, 10 meters. Uh, when to do a little bit of John 10, during the day or the dead
0: of night? I think it's going to work day. better at night.
3: Uh, for ground, absolutely correct. For sky waves, we do it during the day. So oh, that's okay. I'm going to study. <laughs> All I'm right, studying. finally, Leo, your last question on uh, propagation. Next week, we have two questions for radio practice. But your oh, question There are four layers, the D, the E, and the two F layers. So what happens when a high-frequency radio wave goes into those layers? Is it reflection or
0: refraction? I believe it's refraction, Gordon.
3: Absolutely. That (laughs) is right. But you're going to do fine, Larry. You should go for general, maybe even pass a general give the extra class a try, but you're going to be fine. Keep reading the book.
0: I'm so excited. It's just really, uh, I can't wait. I'm going to need, though, I have to say, and this is something uh, you talk about a little bit on your audio CD, is that once I, you know, once I pass the test and I get the license, then then I really want to get some counseling and guidance from all the veteran hams in in the area about how to be on the air. I don't want to be, Bob Heil calls it a lid. I don't want to be a lid.
3: <laughs> no, we won't let you be a lid. And by the way, you had greetings from KHME. This, when he talked uh, last week, he, nation. this is just a 30 seconds rate sky wave as well as the tropo wave propagation this past weekend. So take a listen to Paul. Twenty five hundred miles. So good evening to everybody there. Oh, did you hear that? Ham nation. (laughs) And that was uh, Paul in Hawaii, twenty five hundred miles away via tropospheric ducting. Pretty exciting, huh? That's really exciting.
0: Pretty soon Uh, we're not gonna need Skype to do this show. We're just gonna do it on ham radio. That's the that's the future forget this internet thing it's never going anywhere <laughs> there no you go
3: well Leo we need you to pass that and uh, all the Bay area the California rescue Community, uh, net hams are tuned in and they want
0: a new
3: facility and help you get on the air so you'll have
0: plenty of coaching I'm so excited Gordo I even ordered and I think this is probably a good thing to have the ARRL handbook as well I want to absolutely I wanna... that's the yeah. Bible yep
2: the Yep. Bible got to have that one got to be on your shelf
0: absolutely oh. and the rules of the road too i got to get That's those right. too yep all right well, we'll
3: continue the book and uh, play that uh, audio cd inside the front cover that describes some of the propagation sounds and we'll see you next week and then the week after next you gotta have call letters oh boy this is exciting
2: hey, hey leo i still have my call book but uh, you might want
0: to note what year it was That looks like an old one right there. What is that, 1967? 57. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's how I
2: learned this hobby. And I got into it big time. And right there is my college education. I carry it with me. I still have it. I use it. Uh, not every day, but by golly, every week the pages are just uh, flipping around in there. Bob, but, Bob uh, you
0: must have been a kid. You must have been in your teens when you did this.
2: I was four. That was good. That was good. I'm never, afraid, good. I'm never <laughs> afraid to tell anybody. I was uh, in 1956, I got my license and uh, I was 15 years old. And it, wow. it was the best thing that ever happened to me because truly, I say it a lot. It, it, ham radio was my college education uh we talked a lot about this uh, yesterday with scott wilkinson on the home theater program here on twit you might want to go look that up it was a great show it gets into a lot of things that ham radio did for me you're going to hear it in a little bit from k3lr uh, you're going to hear it from just about every ham how important ham radio was to their career you go into a radio station a tv station today almost every engineer is a ham and yep. uh, you met them at our ham reception uh yep. leo it's and true. I, what happens there is that <laughs> most of these guys they aren't engineers by uh, uh or, Spending four years in a college, these guys were hams, but they can make things happen. And it's kind of funny. Tim Swigert at at BSW, uh, he thought it was amazing. He came to the reception a few years ago and he looked around and he says, Bob, these guys are all, they're all customers of mine. I thought they were hams. I said, guess what? They're both. So yeah, it's it's really fun, and uh, you'll have to uh, get you a nice old handbook. That'll be good. But we're very proud of you. The entire chat room is going nuts
0: here. And, I know, uh, I could see it. You know, I just want to make an invitation to anybody who's ever thought about doing this uh, to join me. Uh, let's do it together. You know, these the this this materials that Gordo puts together. Uh, you can get his stuff. Uh, I got it. I got it from Amazon. Uh, but Gordo is also, uh, online and you can get them, uh, online if you just look, search for Gordon West. Um, these materials made it so easy. I was listening in the car. I'm reading the book at home at night and, uh, I just invite everybody to join me. Let's all be hams together. What do you say? Uh, and when you come to the Twits, uh, the new Twit uh, Brick House, we'll have a, a, a ham station there you can broadcast from and get yourself a QSL card and all of that. We're going to, we're, we're going to do it upright.
2: Absolutely, and Gordo, I can't wait till he gets a a Texas bug catcher on the back of his Mustang. And
3: big mama him, coil, yep, gotta have that, we're Leo. Put him
2: one kilowatt in his trunk, and uh, <laughs> he's going to have like a, a an Icom seven thousand in the front, and this this antenna, a bug catcher's about as big around as a paint can. About as big as a paint can and it's got a hundred inch whip on the top. It's just great when you go through bridges once in a while and low flying trees, <laughs> but that's, that's okay. Fantastic. You'll be. You'll be running more power from your Mustang than M zero S A Z just got him noticed him here he, by the by the way Leo M zero S A Z is in the U K and he's watching and listening tonight he he can't wait to get to the to the United States because they can only run a few hundred watts in the U K he wants to come over here so he can run a kilowatt and a half heck you'll have that in the trunk of your Mustang so when he comes over here
0: I can't wait. Well, That's uh, is right. it, is, you say 73, guys, and I'll see you next week for the test. I'm excited.
2: 73. Uh, 73, like Leo. Said, oh, it's not 73s. 73. It it's 73. Isn't that right,
3: Gordo? Yeah, not plural. Three. <laughs> 73, seven. guys. <laughs> yep. All right. Oh, that Eight. is terrific. Thank what you. a great ambassador for Ham Radio Week. And uh, the great work he does on his, uh, what, 200 a.m. radio stations, tuning him in on Saturday and Sundays. Wow. Thank million you, Lee. Of
2: them on, A million of them on the Internet. But, you That's know, right behind him, when he gets this all done, we're going to have another one. And she's sitting right there in the Twitch studio. And Alex is going to push a button in a minute because we want to introduce Jerry Ellsworth. She's very familiar here on the Twit Network.
1: Hi, guys. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. It's great to be on with you guys. See, she's
2: one up on it. She is an electrical engineer, and she knows what she's doing. We don't. We just goof around till we blow something up, and then we go, "Oh well, we can make it work." So there you go. Welcome, Jerry, to this wonderful thing we call Ham Nation. It's good to to have you here. Well, what a what a wonderful thing! I heard today you were there. We want you to talk a little bit about a little project you got going.
1: Yeah, a little um. St- side note on that i 'm an electrical engineer, and that 's what I do for a day job. However, I never went to school and thanks to ham radio operators that took me under their wing when I was thirteen or fourteen years old, they taught me everything I know about electronics and got my got me started
2: so, isn't that great
1: yeah. that's great wow. um, well
2: i I know that you are just well versed in every kind of uh, uh component and uh, electronics, and you're making your own printed circuit boards. And man, it's living the life that um, many would like to do. And uh, I know that you have a little project going there. With you, you came up with an SDR receiver. You built the whole thing yourself. I mean, this is not a kit. This is a Jerry wow. Ellsworth project, right?
1: Yeah. Inside this box, um, I didn't even know that uh, the Twit Studio was had a ham radio show. I was just bringing this to show it to Leo because it was a cool project I was working on. I've always been fascinated with radios, and I build all kinds of uh, radios from crystal sets to superhets. and this technique ha- is, is fairly new. It's within the last uh, couple decades that we've been able to eliminate a lot of the analog circuitry in radios and do it digitally with math in things like CPUs, or in my case I used an FPGA, which is a field programmable gate array. So I can do um, FFTs and inverse FFTs and convert from time domain to frequency domain and do AM demodulation and FM demodulation and um, it's amazing how well this works with so little uh, analog circuitry in it.
2: Well, wow. the, the thing the thing about that is that uh, the computer's doing most of the work. Is that not right?
1: That's correct. A, a novel. Uh, detection method, um, the Taylo detector is what I'm using, does a direct conversion from RF down to baseband, a very low intermediate frequency. So low that, um, audio cards in PCs can suck in, say, 96 kilohertz worth of bandwidth, and you can see upper and sideband around your local oscillator, and you can use DSP, digital signal processing, to select the, the, the channel that you want to, to receive. And in my case, I'm even doing all of the DSP work in the FPGA. I don't need a PC at all. Although this does have an audio output or a, an output, which I can send the bass band into a PC.
2: Yeah, that's great. Now you send it into the sound card and away you go, right?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's very amazing that I haven't even put any front end filtering on this. There's no bandpass filtering and I can jump from, you know, two meters, 10 meters AM broadcast band. Anywhere I want and it's so selective that um, you get very little interference from from strong stations on neighboring bands. It's it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. That's wonderful. And it's partly because in our super het receivers that were have were the workhorse for a hundred years, you throw away part of the information and in this type of of uh, detector you are using both the, the in phase and the quadrature phase. Of the, are the intermediate frequency. So you get more information to work with, and you can right. eliminate um, images that you have to have aggressive filtering on in, in other receivers.
2: Exactly. Well, we're going to have the Flex guys on here in some future shows. We'll have to have you on with them, and we can have a whole night of SDR. That ought to be a lot of fun.
1: That would be exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming, and uh, we want to learn more about you. Everybody might uh, go look at Wikipedia, because you've got, you've got an incredible history from, what was it, race cars to computers to uh, pinball machines? Pinball it, machines,
1: that, chip design, uh, system level design. If you want to see my my progress as I built this, it took me about three weeks, and I logged it all on YouTube. So if you you look for my name on YouTube, Jerry Ellsworth, J E R I, or um, look for the channel Jerry Ellsworth Jabber. Um, you can find my build log on this. I have two YouTube channels that show different projects, and most of this particular project is on the the Random Jabber channel. Well, I, I
2: have one question about that. You, you you've been so much into computers, and especially the Commodore sixty four thing, and all the pinball machines. What was the drive that caused you to build an SDR receiver? Are, are you very interested in ham radio? Are uh, just receiving signals? Why did you build the SDR receiver? Are far like so many of us because I could?
1: <laughs> well, that's part of it. When I was a kid, I built small am transmitters and my neighbor and i would ride our bikes as far as we could down the road counting telephone poles to see how far we could the propagation was and uh, eventually built transmitters so strong that we couldn't um ride that far in an afternoon so then we switched bands and started doing other pirate radio stations and uh, so analog electronics has always been very fascinating for me and, uh, the ham radio operators were always very generous in, in mentoring me and giving me the tools, uh, early, like, teeth kit oscilloscopes and stuff that were beyond my means as a teenager. So it's a, a, a fuzzy warm spot in my heart for ham radio. And it's exciting. When I was a kid, I used to listen to the shortwave radio and listen to these strange broadcasts out there and, and, uh, imagine that there was some international spy that was, that was, sending a communication and i was picking it up and i know it's silly but that's uh, uh
2: no it's that's not part silly. of my
1: fond memories of ham yeah, radio it's not
2: silly and what's really going to be great is when we get you all involved and you become an amateur radio operator and you'll love it well we thank you for your time and bringing your sdr but hang on to it because we're going to have you back and we're going to really dig into that thing so uh we'll uh we'll talk soon and uh Hopefully, get to play with your pinball machine at the big opening of the Twit uh, Brick House. So, thanks so much for being here with us.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Gordo, you got any last words for Jerry?
1: Wow.
3: I can't wait till back to ham radio because we have so much to learn digitally on the new electronics. Wow. What a great asset for ham radio. It, it's really super.
2: Well, I want to do, I want to show a picture um, before I bring Tim in. I got this really sweet email. I mean, it. We get so many emails, and I really appreciate them. I want to, everybody to to be sure and, and and keep them coming. But I got this really neat email with the picture, and um, it came uh, a few days ago from KJ4ZFQ. He's number one on the on the chart here on our pictures, and he was telling us that. He's a new ham. He just got his technician license, and he recently now upgraded to general. And so many people wonder about, wow, what do I do for equipment? How many tens of thousands of dollars does it cost? Well, he spent $200, and he has a Tempo 2020. And let's see if we can bring the picture up and show you his station. Look at this. Oh, wow.
3: Wow. Is this cool or what? Tempo 2020. How many bands? That was a wonderful
2: transceiver. And uh, he's got a a 2900 Yesu. He's got a little handy talkie. But uh, I'm really proud of him. He paid 200 bucks for that Tempo, and it's working super. He's got a computer. So, you see, it doesn't take a lot to get yourself on the air. And uh, you can go at every level. On the other end of the spectrum... I want to introduce to you Tim Duffy. Tim is K3LR. I I like to think of him as K3LEO Radio. (laughs) Tim, are you there tonight? I am, Bob. How are you from sunny western Pennsylvania, where the sun is just setting here? It is so nice to have you on. I know you're a busy guy. You travel around a lot. And uh, Gordon, how do you like that one for a station?
3: Wow, Uh, more radios than I've seen in a long time. Hi there, uh, and good to have you with us, Tim, K3 Lima Radio. And uh, Tim, we've got some questions before we take a look at that big antenna system. And that was from one of our readers indicating that they heard that you had a four square. Now, could you tell us what a four square is, Tim?
4: Well, the four-square antenna is primarily used on low frequencies where the antennas have to be longer to work, uh, longer waves. So the antennas are larger, and, uh, you know, at, at the start of radio, a lot of guys used just a single vertical antenna. And then along the way, as hams do, somebody said, well, if one is good, I wonder if two, three, or maybe four are even better. So, uh, along came four verticals phased together using a, a little electronic circuit, a little passive circuit in the middle of these four verticals that could create gain and directivity. So it could allow you to rotate electronically, just with the electronics, rotate in four directions almost instantaneously. So we can move these arrays around to four asthmas very quickly and efficiently, and so was born the Foursquare back in the 60s, and it was hams experimenting uh, up in New England, and they found a better mousetrap by using four verticals, and uh, that was the the birth of the Foursquare. Dana Ashley and uh, Fred Collins, W1FC, was, uh, was the father of the Foursquare, and today they're all over the world, and guys will go to islands and set up Foursquare arrays and have outstanding wireless signals on the low frequency bands of amateur radio, and so I'm lucky enough to have several four squares here that we use, and they are—it's uh, just a tremendous antenna that's pretty simple, but requires some ground radials. Uh, but it—it's uh, not a costly antenna, and you're off and running.
3: Wow, that's great. And, of course, the ARRL Antenna Handbook is what a lot of us uh, uh, read over and drool over, seeing all those great antennas. And uh, we just got a, uh, a note from one of our hams that are uh, watching, and they said, how many operating positions do you have at your QTH, your home location? Go ahead. Yes,
4: uh, Gordon. this uh, This station is designed for multi-multi-contesting, and also can be used for emergency communications and there are eleven operating positions. So eleven operators can man eleven different radios that have eleven computers uh, for logging purposes and also access to the internet, as well as eleven amplifiers and you know, twenty different rotors. Uh you know, the cumulative effect is there are twenty two computers here at this station. It takes a lot of computing power. There's there's software even in the coffee maker at K3LR.
3: <laughs> oh boy, that's terrific! And um, with that, uh, how many towers and how many individual antennas do you have?
4: Well, we've Gordon, we've got uh, 50 antennas, and uh, there are 13 towers here. Um, and uh, you know, some of the towers are are pretty small, and some of them are a little taller. But they're all designed for real, effective DX, uh, distance communications. And um, so I like to like to think that we can hear a mouse sneeze in downtown Tokyo.
3: <laughs> oh, that is terrific. Now, I'm going to let uh, Bob call the photos. If you wouldn't mind describing it those come up, uh, for our listeners. And we have many, actually, we have probably more listeners than we do viewer listeners, uh, on the Twit network. But if you could describe some of the, uh, the photos that we're looking at. So Bob, I'll let you go ahead and call for the photos. Okay. Uh,
2: first of all, I want everybody to know that this is a world-class amateur radio station that is known worldwide and uh, how many uh, how many contests have you won in, in a row? Uh, wh- what are some of the awards and things you've done, Tim?
4: Well, it, what you see behind me are are some of the uh, the plaque awards from some of the competitions that we've uh, that we've won in the United States, and in fact, we have one worldwide win uh, that we had a few years ago. And um, we've operated uh, in the last twenty years in sixty five competitions. And, uh, we've managed to win 20 of those. And that, to, to win 20 of them being, uh, this far away from Europe is, uh, we think is, is a good accomplishment. But it's, uh, it's more the activity and the friendships that we develop over the, uh, the 48 hours of, of the contest and also, uh, all of the operators that are involved and the thousands of people that we,
2: we get to talk to over a given weekend all around the world. Well, that, that's the whole thing. It's, uh, It's it's true ham radio, and I know a lot of guys that don't understand contesting, so they hate it when the contest weekends go on and so on. But, no, it's it's a very special part of the hobby. We have a video, and um, let's see if Alex can bring it up for us. This will really tell you uh, uh, what's going on and kind of explain. You'll see the four square, and uh, you'll hear – Uh, here's some uh, descriptions of that uh, through this. So Alex, if you can play that, let's see how we go.
4: My name is Tim. Tango India Mike. Over. Started the station in 1987 is when I I bought the house and the property and started out uh, with one tower at about 120 feet. And then uh, I saw that this was a very good radio location. So I decided to keep constructing more. And as time went on, we just kept going and going and going. Here is the... uh... The 40-meter tower, it's 190 feet tall. It's got two full-size four-element 40s on it, um, one at 190, one at uh, 118 feet. On top of the 40 is a uh, seven-element 10-meter beam, so we've got three 10-meter beams on that tower. We're standing in front of the uh, the 15-meter tower. That's a new tower for us this year. Uh, it's 160 feet tall. It's got four seven-element Yagis. so we have 28 elements on 15 now. 80-meter verticals is two four-squares. The gain of two four-squares going towards Europe or going towards the southwest. So makes it very, very competitive. We put down this, these ground systems. This is 120 radials under each one of the verticals. They work extremely well, and it's because of that ground system, because of the reflection that we get from the ground system, and we've lowered the ground losses. These two antennas here, the one on the right, is a four-square just like that, but it's for 20 meters. And we just use it for listening only.
1: We haven't walked to the back of your house, but what about the the towers behind us?
4: The back tower is a 170-foot tower. It has three 20-meter beams on it for six elements. And so you get 18 elements when you feed them all together. There's also the second station antenna for 40 is on there, and the second station stack for 15 is on that tower as well. I've been doing contesting for about 34 years now. This is my one and only hobby. This is what I look forward to. It is a a big part of my life. It is all about the people and all about the relationships and all about the fact that amateur radio just opens doors for any any type of work or any type of, of other hobbies with computers. Um, I wouldn't be in the cellular telephone business if it wasn't for this hobby. So this is a, a key component to my success, both uh, in the hobby as well as in professional life. LU8YE from Kilowatt 3 Lima Radio, over. Right now, and, and what's been going on for the past two days, has been very difficult to sleep. This is the most energetic contest of the season, and uh, it's the first one of the season. There are four that will operate. This is the first one of the four the other one being the CW end of CQ Worldwide, and then the two ARLDX contests in February and March. But we've made extensive changes since last March when we won the ARLDX phone contest. And that was a three-peat. That was the third time in a row that we had won that contest. So that, and, and we'll be going for number four this March. But to do that, to, to stay on top of the game, you have to constantly improve. Yeah. So... The the week after uh, the RRL-DX contest in March, we we had torn down antennas and we were redoing things and uh, so we have spent literally the last six months improving (laughs) the station, putting up bigger antennas and more antennas and tweaking and changing and modifying to make it better so that when the guys come here later this afternoon. The station works better than it did. Who are the people you're talking to? I think you're going to find a a wide variety. There are really encouraging signs of younger people finding the competitive side of this hobby as as an attraction and and want to be involved in this team uh, aspect. When you think about the fact that you're doing this on wireless and you're using the ionosphere, which is going to give you a different contest every time. If we were to hold the contest on the Internet, it would be very boring because there wouldn't be that unpredictable element of the ionosphere. You know, you let your mind go with how big can you make an antenna, how efficient can you make the antenna, what can you do to maximize your signal and then maximize your score. It's good to see you. Thanks for coming. I mean, that's what it's all about right there, one
2: year. That's great. And I, I so many... Uh, times i hear you guys on the air and you're having such a good time that was a terrific piece and uh, uh i i know there's a lot of that uh, up on youtube that icon put together with you and uh, i i encourage all of the uh, the twit uh, family to go check that out uh k3lr on youtube and uh, uh, there's so much more to that station uh, i have a question about you personally you got into the ham radio but you didn't come flying in here as a contester what what how did you start and how did it evolve into contesting what what got you really keyed up about that you know
4: bob um it was back uh, when i was 13 um i had been a ham for a few months and i got introduced to field day which as you know you did uh, last week's show was on the W3AO Field Day. And Field Day is one of the uh, events that a lot of guys get introduced not only to the hobby but to the sport of making a lot of contacts in a defined period of time. And so Field Day allows you to make a lot of contacts quickly. And it's the same thing as driving a race car, Um, talking to people very quickly, very efficiently, making sure that you get the information correct, um, logging the information, and then competing against others that are doing the same things from their radio station and knowing that uh, if I'm competing in the 100-watt class of field day, that uh, my other competitors are also playing by those same rules. So there's a lot of of, uh, these competitions depend upon the honesty of the entrants. And uh, at the highest levels, uh, the entrants uh, certainly are are very honest, and the competition is very meaningful. But it was definitely field day uh, where I got introduced to the sport of contesting, and uh, I started very very small with a very small station like that Tempo Twenty Twenty, and uh, went through high school uh, like that. And really, just I I always had a dream to build a a, a nice station, a big station. And little by little, I mean, it was years of accumulating uh, equipment. And it's like when when you see, uh, you know, Rory McIlroy plays golf, and he does very well. And what we see on TV is the finished product. And what people are seeing here tonight on, on this show is the finished product. What they don't see is 25 years of backbreaking hard work. Uh, of putting this station together. So, you know, this, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And, uh, and it's certainly one of those things that I'm very fortunate, um, to, to be in this hobby and to have, uh, been around a lot of great people that have helped me along the way.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we want to have you back again sometime. We're so thrilled to have it, uh, the time tonight. I, I, I picked up a thing off the, ch- off the chat room. From N3HQB, Gordon, he made a statement and he said, a tower is a thing of beauty. I think we've uh, all shown everybody tonight that K3LR has got a whole backyard of beauty. What do you think?
3: (laughs) He sure does. Well, thanks, Tim, for uh, showing us your shack and the 25 years to grow that shack out. And we'll be listening for Kilo 3 Lima Romeo out here on the West Coast.
4: Well, it was great to be on with you guys tonight. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I look forward to the future, Bob and Gordon. And, uh, and, you know, every Tuesday night, this is the highlight of the week, uh, tuning into your show. So again, all the best
2: from, uh, Western Pennsylvania in 73. Roger. Thank you so much, Tim. And one of these days, Gordo will have to come out and we'll work a contest with you and cause your store, score to go down. Because <laughs> the only uh, people that you have on there is people that really know what they're doing when they get there. We'll, we'll just come out and mess around. Uh, we can run the coffee maker, Gordon. That's there what you we go.
3: Can do. And uh, we'll get some help and have it micro processed. We'll bring well, that's we'll bring
2: Jerry with us. And we could make some, put a pinball machine in there. <laughs> How Very much nice. fun! Well, we're going to get old George in here in a little bit, and we're going to get some smoke and solder happening. I'm, I'm really happy about, about what's going to happen here on Ham Nation. You know, I started a couple of weeks ago with with the smoke and st- solder uh, segment, and and we we want to really continue this, but. It's very difficult for us to do this live. You really need to do this where you can go in and and, and put it on a a disc and then edit it and so on. And, man, we got the guy for you. Uh, He's been doing this for a long time on his own little network. And now he's going to be with us every week, we hope. And he'll, as you see, it's very professionally done because he's a broadcast engineer. And I want to introduce to you George w5 jdx from mississippi george are you there with us yeah hi bob it's
5: uh good to be joining you and gordon and and everyone on the show tonight i've really been looking forward to this
2: well we uh we want you to be a uh, a big part of this thing as we continue to grow the uh the audience and bring them more useful uh information and that's that's why you're here because boy you've got a great thing going there um so let me see. Um, we've got um, we've got some things going on. I think you, we got a video uh, uh, that might play first. And uh, you want to fire that up, Alex? Let's go to that first and uh, see what's uh, happening here and uh, get some smoke and some solder happening from W5JDX.
3: Uh, stand by on that video. All right, Uh, and uh, George uh, Gordo here, thank you so much, and we can't wait to see uh, what you're brewing up today. George, tell us what we're going to be looking at tonight.
5: Well, um, you know, when I first talked to Bob about being on the show here, uh, I was thinking, well, a a good place to begin with, if you're going to learn some electronics, is learn how to solder. You kind of need to know how to do that. And then I went and downloaded last week's episode of Ham Nation, and I noticed that's what he talked about. So, uh, anyway, uh, he convinced me to go ahead and, and let's use this video that uh, it it would be uh, suitable. Um, this is one we did in Episode 9 of AmateurLogic.TV, and uh, I, I hope everyone enjoys it and uh, gets a little something out of it.
3: All right. Well, thanks. Hey, Alex, we'll let you roll the video. Thanks, George. I I still don't have it at the moment. Uh, Okay. Stand by a little longer. Okay. All right. Uh, Hey, George, uh, what's the best kind of solder to use these days that's environmentally friendly and will work with my uh, uh, 300-watt Weller?
5: Well, (laughs) it depends on what you want to be soldering. Um, You know, I'm still a big fan of uh, the regular old uh, lead solder uh, with rosin or ezrin core in it. Um, I I do have some. uh, I think it's Kester that I bought recently. That is um, uh, water-soluble flux, so when you get through really? soldering, yeah, it's um, it, it's very easy to clean the flux off of it. And I think there's even some now that's called uh, uh, no-clean, that, that you don't have to clean it at all when you're finished. And so, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, it's come a long ways, but as I mentioned in the video here, you definitely want to stay away from stuff you find at the hardware store that uh, might be acid core because That'll just eat your electronics up.
3: That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, let's see if uh, we've what got the soldering
2: iron. What What's the most important thing about a soldering iron?
5: The most important thing is uh, to have the right temperature, but keep it clean. You, you don't want a, a dirty soldering iron. Uh, you really can't do very well with that.
2: Have you had uh, Have you had any luck with? Uh, with some of the, the things that you're seeing in Radio Shack and places like that, the little are there any differences to, to watch for?
5: Well, I, I think uh, probably most of what you'd find at Radio Shack today is okay. Uh, and any electronic supply store is going to have some, uh, some good tools. But uh, the things that you might buy at Walmart or, or somewhere like that, I would kind of shy away from those. I bought one when I was a kid. And never got the first solder connection to stick with it.
2: Oh wow! Well, we uh, we want to be able to do this. We're having trouble with this video bringing it up. And I tell you what, we're going to do. Um, we're going to hold this till next week because this video. I want to be able to show the whole thing, and uh, uh, we want to make sure it's proper. So we'll uh, we'll do that entire video next week and uh, do some things there. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is. When you do any kind of project do you do you clean the board with anything special? uh What do you do before you solder anything? Is there a special thing that we need to do
5: well if if the uh the board is old and tarnished, uh, I like to use a little scotch bright or or something like that on it to kind of polish it up and then I might use a little denatured alcohol uh to kind of uh clean over it and uh, and get a good clean surface there you, you certainly don't want uh you know a tarnished board you'll you'll have problems getting the solder to stick to that and in some cases not usually on a pc board but you can buy uh, uh solder paste which is actually um uh a flux that you can add a little bit of that to it if you've got a particularly difficult uh, job you're working on and that'll help the solder begin to flow a lot quicker.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So it, it's okay, Gordo, if you take your project in uh, to Susie's kitchen sink and tell her you have to clean it. She won't run you out. You know that, right?
3: Yes, I do. Susie, luckily, and be up there and opening, so everyone will have a chance. And- uh, one and only engineer in back of me. But uh, one last question for George. And George, uh, if doing small components on very small boards, do you recommend a variable temperature soldering iron or like a 20 iron with different tips? Uh,
5: yeah, I, I use a soldering station myself. You don't need a super expensive one. I've got a little uh, weller that I use. That'll be uh, in the video next week. And, you know, it's $50 uh, and, and does a great job. I've used a two or $300 station before that really didn't do any better. It just had uh, uh, a thermometer on it so that you could see the temperature. But I've gotten used <laughs> to how to set mine. And it'll do anything from uh, tiny surface mount uh, PC board work, or I can put a bigger tip in it and really crank it up, and I've soldered PL259s with it before.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's what I use my big gun for, but I can do it if i am uh got enough time with the smaller ones. Well, thank you so much, George. And I know a lot of our listeners and viewers will look forward to your video next week.
2: Yeah, I, one thing before you leave us. Is- We've had a couple of guys in the sh- in the uh, chat room ask, "Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, w- when you've been become licensed, uh, where you live in Mississippi, somebody asked that question. Give us a little bit of background about what where you uh, started into ham radio and all that.
5: Well, uh, actually, I did it backwards of a lot of guys. I got into broadcasting first. Uh, I got a job when I was sixteen years old as a disc jockey at a local radio station. And worked there about uh, five years uh, while I was uh, finishing school. And I really was more into engineering, but you know, the only kind of job a 16 year old was going to get would be a disc jockey. So that got me involved in uh, broadcasting. And uh, the owner of the station, who uh, recently became a silent key, he was K5VAK, was a ham and his son was a ham as well as a, a 14-year-old kid that they hired there at the station shortly after me. And I already knew about ham radio, but that kind of got me interested in it. And my friend Clint let me borrow his Smith Code Course uh, LP, you know, 12-inch record. Only thing is, he could not find the book that went with it, so it didn't <laughs> do me much good.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> so. So, uh, I, I didn't get into ham radio at that point. I did buy an ARRL handbook back then, but there were no other hams in the small town that I lived in. The, uh, the radio station I worked at was about 30 miles away in a little larger city. Uh, so I just kind of tabled it to the side. I was, uh, playing music, uh, playing drums and bands and such during the same period. So I was fairly well occupied. And, uh, then when I got out of school, um, I, I went to work at a television station as an engineer for about five years. And uh then I left there and I uh, became chief engineer of what is now the uh Clear Channel Group of stations here in Jackson, Mississippi. And I live in the Jackson area. And uh that was about 1985. And in 1991, you know, the uh, FCC dropped the code requirements for the technician's license. So I no longer had an excuse. And uh, my friend Jim, N5SPE, called me up, like, on a Friday night and said, uh, they've dropped the code, I've got the study materials, they're giving the test Sunday, and we're going to take it. So...
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, that's great. What city are you in?
5: I'm in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. It's uh, near the center of the state. And uh I would like to mention that uh, for the past five years, I've been doing a podcast, uh, with a couple other guys here in the area. Uh, Jim, who I mentioned earlier, N5SPE, and my good friend Tommy, N5ZNO. And we met another guy, uh, down in Melbourne, Australia, uh, Peter VK3PB, and he has joined us in this. And for the past five years, uh, we've been producing, uh, um, videos. Uh, usually thirty-minute to an hour shows, and uh, they're pre-produced; they're not done live, so it takes a great deal of time. And we've covered a lot of amateur radio subjects, and a lot of stuff that's not amateur radio. We basically just wanted to get out there and do some fun things, and and show people what we were doing, and and hopefully steer them in the direction of ham radio as we went along. And uh, that, that's worked out pretty good for us. We've uh, we've had a number of uh, in, um, Hams who weren't active get back active again, and a lot of new people have, uh you, you know, decided to pursue the hobby. And, and so that's been great for us, and, and we've had a, a big time with it. It's www.amateurlogic.tv if uh, some of the viewers here would like to check that out. Not to compete with Ham Nation. It's a totally different kind of show, and we don't have weekly episodes. We do good if we get one out every month or so.
2: Well, it's a a great site. We've been uh, looking at that. And that's why you're here, because you uh, bring a very different aspect to ham radio, how to build things. And we want to do that. So we appreciate you being here. Next week, we'll get uh, have time for the video and we'll get it on properly. And uh, maybe by then, George, you'll be able to congratulate Leo because he might have his call by then. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for being here.
5: Uh, thank you, Bob, and I, I really enjoyed it, and you too, Gordon, and I'm looking forward to next week. Okay.
2: Good deal. Well, we we we'd have just a few minutes, but before we go, uh, Gordo, we better get a few of these shack pictures. I know you had a whole bunch of them also, and um, I think uh, Alex has got those all keyed up, ready to go, and uh, we're right. going to bring, yeah. a, bring
3: Show us your shack.
2: Box. Yeah. The first one is from Bogota, Colombia. That's H-K-3-O-Z. And John is on 20 meters a lot. He has a great voice, and his station is just so elegant. He sounds so Man. good. And he's been using for years the uh, the H-C-5 side of his gold line, and he just, he's terrific. And John's from down in Bogota. That's a nice station, Gordo. Look at that. Wow.
3: Hotel nice. Kilo 3, Oscar Zulu. Exactly.
2: And uh, the uh, next slide, number three, is from uh, Petrolia, Pennsylvania. It's K3 AFR. And, again, as you see, these are very, very nice stations, and yet we're not looking at a huge investment here. Looks like he's running a little power, though, don't you think, Gordo? What's that
3: little box yeah. of I think he's got a thousand five hundred, definitely. Uh huh, and that's quite legal and it's quite fun.
2: And then we've got Tom Heitz. Time is uh, Tom is from Iowa, N Z 0 That's a tough, tough one to say. N C 0 and it's uh, Shellsburg, Iowa. But what a nice setup! And and you'll notice that every one of them have a computer. Because we have to be able to get to QRZ.com to look up calls, and uh, we hasten all of you to do that. If you want to look up anybody's call, you can find out what city they're in. You're not going to find out their phone number or what kind of car they have or all of that kind of stuff, but you will be able to find what city they're in so you can turn your antenna there and – it it tells you anything you need to know uh, about their station uh, as you work them and what their address is so you can send them a qsl card that's a nice station also look at that
3: gordon wow good uh, good shot there thanks alex
2: yeah that's really neat well we have just about got our time uh, wrapped up here next week carol perry's going to join us <laughs> There's not enough time to even talk about Carol, is there? What a fascinating lady, Gordon.
3: Yep, her call sign WB2MGP, mighty good professor. She's a riot with kids. She's with Radio Club of America as well, Avid Ham, and a great instructor of kids and she's going to give us some great secrets we've got some audio of her talking to uh some of the space programs as well so we can't wait to have carol aboard next week
2: yeah it's going to be a good show so you want to join all that We're going to start into some of this stuff with the young uh classes that she has there she's turned out thousands of hams i think in her 20 years or plus that she's been teaching uh great lady and uh we're, uh, we're happy to have her here. And in the future, there's just so many things going on, uh, that, that we'll bring to you. So stay tuned. Keep your, uh, your cards and letters coming because we're here to, uh, to try to uh, bring you the information you need. Uh, joined so many of the guys and gals that were getting emails from that they're getting their license and and Gordon uh, did you notice this week how many have gone back into the hobby because of watching Ham Nation what wasn't that great news
3: it is and we're always happy to uh, read your emails and uh, as soon as we get Leo on the air We'll have them first here, and then, who knows, you'll probably be able to work them on twenty, forty, and 75 as well. So, Leo, uh, keep on studying. And, uh, Bob, uh, thanks so much for the great uh, cast tonight. And viewers and listeners, thank you. And that's Susie in the background, in 6 Golf Lima Foxtrot. And we hope to see all of you at the grand opening up in Petaluma
2: soon. That's going to be great. You know, Leo's going to end up like Art Bell uh, in that. In that. Let me finish this. <laughs> in that, um, he's going to finish one of his TWIT broadcasts on the Internet. He's going to walk over to the ham radio station. I think that's why I wanted to put it in the back of one of the little back rooms. He says, no, I want it right up front. Well, he wanted it right close to him so he can finish his broadcasts on on the TWIT network. Go sit down and uh, get on 75 or 20, and we can finish uh, talking to him there. And that's exactly what Art did for years when he was on his uh, radio broadcast, coast to coast. He'd get on there late night, and he'd be on 75 meters till daybreak. It was a lot of fun. Thanks very much, everybody. We appreciate you being here. Help us spread the word. And uh, you two join us. We're, th- this is too much fun for just uh, uh, a few uh 100,000 of us to uh, to have uh, all to ourselves. So we want you to come along. 73 Gordo, K, uh, WB6NOA from K9EID. 73,
3: keep listening to 145 800, the Space Shuttle and the International Space Station. They should be on the air this week. 145 8. 73, WB6NOA, clear. So long, everybody.